Hello and welcome to Ordinary Lives Takeaways from a Pandemic, the podcast. This is a podcast designed to explore people's individual experiences and stories during the time of pandemic, any changes that they might have made um, and varying changes, big and small, in their lives due to the arrival of the pandemic. So I'm here with Alan today, a former supervisor. Hi, Alan. Hello. How are you today? I'm all right, thank you. So my first question is just very general. Um, What have you been doing during the period of the pandemic? Well, I've been working pretty much throughout uh, and that's kept me very busy. Uh, Busier than than ever, really, at the beginning uh, and with sort of ups and downs in, in terms of how busy it's been. But I think that's helped. I know I know one or two of my neighbours who were furloughed right from the beginning and they have been quite bored and quite frustrated and I don't think I would have liked that quite as much as, <laughs> as working, even though it has been difficult. Um, and apart from that, I think it, it seems kind of business as usual for me. So. so how did you deal with those those ups and those downs? Were they did they feel particularly different because of the pandemic or was it still did it feel quite kind of normal? Was there any particular up or down that was as a result of things that were going on because of the virus and what was going on around and changes that were being imposed on us? Well, when when the lockdown was announced, I can remember it was a it was a Sunday evening when we were all watching Boris make an announcement and it seems kind of surreal. We knew something was happening, but pretty much he was saying, like, from tomorrow morning, everything has to stop. You all have to... Maybe there was a day or two of notice. And it, it felt it felt kind of uncomfortable in whatever you were doing. You felt like you were doing something wrong, either that you were breaking these new rules or mm. that you were putting yourself at risk. And yet we still had a lot of stuff to sort out. So we had to... We had to switch the entire team to move to work from home and we didn't even know whether it was going to work or not and we had to do this with very little notice we had to kind of work it out for ourselves and luckily it did it did work and the, and the staff were, were brilliant about it um, but it, it was exhausting and I think I think for a lot of organizations who were able to work from home it wasn't just a straightforward thing like well okay you just you just switch to that and it's and it's easy for some it was easy where they had an idea of doing it before but for others it was like a whole a whole learning curve of uh, adjusting to that and even even whether or not people can work at home I mean it, the staff had all sorts of family concerns and, and things going on around them which would have prevented them from doing that so some of those some of those choices were made for us some of it was imposed on us I think overall it's gone it's gone quite well and we've still been able to do things and I you know I consider myself lucky to have had that option rather than to have been laid off or to have ended up in the difficulties mm-hmm. that other people have had. Was there any particular challenge? You mentioned those challenges in terms of the shift from to working from home and managing a team whilst doing that. Was there any particular challenge that you recall? Or is there any particular example that springs to mind of people, for example, who weren't able to work from home necessarily that you mentioned? Well, I think, I think to begin with, there was just this sheer volume of, um, of detail to be worked through in making the change. So as I normally do in, in those sort of situations, I end up with a spreadsheet and I'm trying to track all, which is basically everybody's answers to the various questions. Do you have this? Do you need one of these? You know, can you do this? Do you need any help, etc.? Mm-hmm. And and you have this immense amount of communication, sort of going backwards and forwards, and even miscommunication within some of that. Where 
and and it just it it just seemed like the volume of stuff was just unprecedented completely unprecedented um and i think if anything it kind of it kind of showed me something that 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 i was actually able to do it because i think if you if you told me in advance that that would be something we'd have to do i'd think oh no way no <laughs> no way i certainly wouldn't have chosen to do it it's just dropped on us like that yeah and it's so funny i think thinking back i mean as with a lot of things in life i suppose but just thinking back to pre-pandemic and it is very much like there's a divide you know thinking back and if we if anyone had told you that this would happen you probably would have panicked um but you know it, it happens kind of gradually and we all have to adapt together i guess in the end and yes there was that kind of initial period of panic i think you know where for example people were panic buying toilet toilet roll and things like oh, this yeah, yeah. but um, I was speaking to my friend about this the other day, but that seems like an absolute age ago to me. Yeah. Um, it seems like a whole lifetime ago because the situation has developed since then and things have changed again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really, it is a really strange period. Is there anything that you felt like you've changed in your own life personally as a result? So it's not necessarily something that was self-imposed, but something that you reflected on or some kind of change that you made during this period at a personal level? Uh, well, not a lot. I mean, I think I think the thing that I noticed was actually when the lockdown started to be lifted, I kind of missed it. I missed the kind of peace and quiet and the, the slowing down of everything and the way that a lot of the general sort of hustle and bustle of, of everyday life was just sort of it was just paused. And I could have done with that for a little bit longer, <laughs> either either personally or um for the you know for the pandemic as a as a safety measure and there 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 is some stuff to do with that where i think we're not necessarily learning from what happened we're just in a real hurry to get back on with with consuming and uh, buying stuff and getting the economy going without really worrying so much about our own health and the environment and and whether we need to be doing all of these things, because for me, I didn't, I didn't feel too bad being more isolated. Uh, I felt okay. I, I did used to feel weird um, going out and about during the main part of the lockdown. It felt like we were slightly under house arrest. It felt a bit, it always made me feel slightly nervous that somebody was gonna tap me on the shoulder and say, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. And e even though I think, the you know the likelihood of that was extremely low and I think we'd we'd seen what had happened in other countries where they had a, a, a stricter lockdown and, and we seemed determined not to not to do it quite so much like that more like a sort of semi-lockdown yeah and I think what you're saying about kind of not knowing how to behave and having that kind of initial fear in early stages when you were going out that's something I can definitely relate to and feeling like when I'm out thinking oh should I be here should I be wearing a mask should I not be wearing a mask should I am I far enough away like we've just talked about this distance this two meters distance um I think that's something that I can definitely relate to and it's interesting what you say about how um you think people ha aren't necessarily learning from it but perhaps that's your because you're someone who was more in tune with the nature and was more kind of conscious in your activities and conscious in the way you were consuming is that do you think that kind of rings true a little bit just from the way you're kind of presenting it it sounds like that might be the case you're someone who was quite in tune with nature and the world around us anyway and someone who's quite living quite consciously well maybe I mean I think I think it was always a question looking at 
things like consumerism uh, and, and thinking we can't really just do this endlessly. We can't endlessly have economic growth and, and we can't sort of waste all sorts of materials. We, we might think we can do it during our lifetimes, but somebody will have the consequences mm. of this. So we, we actually had a chance to pause it. And I don't think people were thinking about, oh, what well, does this mean we can actually do, do? Are these things necessary? Can we? What will we change in future? Lots of people were chucking around this sort of phrase, you know, this pandemic is going to change everything. Mm -hmm. But they never really said what that would mean. And, and in a way, it seems like we're just in a hurry to get back to where we were as soon as yeah. possible and not allow it to change some things. Yeah. And there was a, there was a whole period of time and like you said before some of this stuff feels like it was ages ago and it's only a few months but the whole period of time when everybody was applauding on uh you know everybody was clapping for the carers yeah. on a on a thursday night was was a really strange sort of social activity social event what did it mean what was it what was it about why were we doing it it all it all felt like it was coming from a good place but then it, it seemed to stop suddenly and all that concern that we were we were united about for the for the carers and nurses etc seemed to just disappear and we knew lots of people from those sectors died because things like PPE hadn't been sorted out properly and, and by the time you know the government got round to it, it was a bit too late and all that feeling all that sort of communal feeling that people had about that just seemed to disappear and I don't know I don't know where that is now where's it, it does it mean okay forget about that let's just carry on like we used to it's it is a it is a really weird time in so many different ways and i don't know i don't know whether i i'm unusual that i think that or whether actually most people think this but we're just not really sharing that yeah. with each other I, I, I certainly think you've actually hit the nail on the head with, there with the idea that we're kind of trying to rush back to where we were i think that's that feels very true to me um, it definitely feels like there's yeah, almost a panic or maybe not a panic, but it definitely feels like there's a mindset where it's saying, look, let's get everything back in line and let's get back just to how we were. And like you said, it's in contrast with that, that other messaging, which is like, let's learn from this. And I think it's inevitable in a way that there will be a mental shift and a mental change having gone through this because it's something that's never happened or not in recent history, not in our living history. Um, so there's, I think it's inevitable that there will be some kind of change in terms of the way we think. Um, but yes, I think you're right in terms of the practicalities and the way we're actually living. I think that it's true that there's the rhetoric is, whether that's coming from the government or from the people on the ground, that yes, we should be rushing back to this normal. Um, I also agree that I think there was a period, even though I was doing a lot of activities and certainly there are activities that I've missed, I think that I also agree that kind of calm was quite nice in a way and having to adapt and having to try different things um, and I've certainly gone on more kind of longer walks and things like this um, so I tend to agree um, that it's been kind of a nice cooling off period in a way um, even though yes you kind of I guess you feel bad saying that in a way because there is all this other stuff going on um, but yeah I certainly agree that this kind of sudden shifting back feels a bit uncomfortable and in contrast with the idea of moving forwards and moving forwards with a different mentality. Well, I think, I think doing something like this, talking to people about how it's affected them, is, is part of reflecting on what, what have we just gone through? What are we going through? And what does it, what does it mean? What impact does it, does it have? And, and how do we want to respond to it? The thing, I don't want to interrupt your, your questions, but the thing that I think underlies 
a lot of what's happened was the awareness that we had somewhere in the back of our minds about a huge number of people dying and not much conversation about that really and, and what that really meant and it was really a question of whether you knew somebody or, or you knew somebody else or their, one of their relatives might have died from it because that seemed like it was very distant from us or certainly mm. something that might be happening in another country so it's out there somewhere but it was very mysterious but it was, in reality it was I think it was in all of our heads that that's what was actually happening and that was a very subconscious effect that it that made people I think what made me feel a bit I don't know it was, it was an unease and it was very hard to to know what that really meant because it was there was something that, that could at times become very real about that worry just by going to the shops or just by going out or or, or, or meeting people you, you're what, suddenly what do you mean when that. you say that could become very real by that worry do you mean by meeting someone who had been affected by it or what do you mean by that becoming real well even even the idea that that there is a risk of any kind of interaction being something that's potentially life-threatening I mean that just seems uh, okay too too far-fetched whereas we can see what's happened in other countries and, and we can say oh well you know they've had it worse than we have maybe or we can sort of compare those things but in the end we're just thinking about numbers we're not thinking about people and and lives mm. it's it, there's a bit of a reality gap. I think it's all to do with how the media really present this stuff. Occasionally, they, they try and tell you that, you know, these people who've died, they're real people. They had lives and families and they did work. And, you know, um, otherwise they're just, they're just statistics that we just keep watching, you know, hoping that they will go down or something. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, I think there's a... And that probably relates in part, I think, to the work that you do because it is, a, I think, what you're doing is a very if I can say, like, human-focused occupation. Yeah. So I think that might be where you're coming from because you're very much used to seeing those cases on the ground. I might be, I might be wrong, but this is just my interpretation. But I think you're right. Those numbers feel very remote. And I think we were all kind of having, experiencing that initial shock when we were seeing those numbers. Um, and I, for one, was watching those, those briefings quite early on when this was happening, but then it's kind of tailed off and those numbers have less meaning and it is just something that we're living with. But I think you're right in saying the fact that we haven't necessarily interacted as much with those human stories. And I've heard conversations where people have been talking about the fact that they don't know anyone who's been affected by this. And that probably is at the crux of it to a certain extent. Mm. You know, if you look at the numbers compared with the size of our population, mm. is that why we're so remote from the stories, the real human stories and the lives that are being affected by this? I think there might be something in that. Um, and I know, you know, in terms of the arguments for, I think, quite early on there were arguments about how um, the um, getting back to normal in terms of the economic situation and kind of opening things back up again was going to have less of a um, damaging effect on poorer communities for example um, but I think that you know in conversation with my friends I remember one, one of my friends said that she felt that that was the situation being politicized because there was still immediate loss of life um, and we weren't necessarily as connected with that and that's something that's coming through, I think, with what you're saying in terms of it was numbers, but where was the human story? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know anyone who's been personally affected by this. Um, I don't know if you do or if you, you've come into contact with people. I imagine you have at some stage. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. That kind of human element um, is lost to a certain extent. 
I think it's, uh, it, to, to me personally, it's only one or two people that I know of directly. Uh, and that gives me a slight detachment from what I'm reading or what I'm, what I'm hearing. But I tend to always put people before money. You know, and, and, and people's lives aren't necessarily, in my view, expendable. Uh, and, and that's that's this has brought that sort of into focus in, in some ways about how we actually view that. How many, what have we got to, 45,000 or so? I mean, it's almost half the population of Eastbourne. It's, it, I, I try to picture it. Mm. I try to imagine what mm. that actually means. Not big in, in you know, UK population yeah. terms, but it's 45,000 people. Mm. If I had to say hello to each one of them, it would take me years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people. It's, and it, I, I don't know, it's, it, it, that, was, that was always in the back of my mind, I think, going through the, the, the lockdown. It hasn't necessarily gone away. I'm sure it's affected a lot of people, but we don't, we don't talk about it much. I'm finding this really interesting and I feel like even just in conversation with you now there's a lot that I can't quite process in this moment because I think what you're saying is really interesting and really poignant but I think it's something that I go away and have a think a bit more about this and I think it, some of it already hit home because I think 100% I couldn't agree more that that human element is lost when you're seeing all these statistics so thank you for bringing that to the table because mm -hmm. no one else has mentioned that. Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate you kind of coming in and not letting me go forwards with the questions too much, actually, because I'd, um, I've had to. this conversation with, this, with a friend. She said, have you thought about having a looser structure? And I think it is quite helpful to have a looser structure because otherwise it becomes too much. I don't get as much from the other person that I'm speaking with. Right. Um, so I really appreciate the direction you've taken it in there. Um, I mean, I feel like it might be that you feel like you've covered this already but I was going to ask is there anything in terms of what changed during this period or changes and things that you reflected on is there anything moving forwards that you would like to hold on to um, but I'm not sure if the question is slightly redundant I, I, I'll leave it to you to kind of bring what you'd like to bring to the table I, I think there's there's small changes for me about uh, staying in contact with friends and family in different ways and that's not a major thing, but I think it was just something that felt like you had to occasionally keep in touch with people and not let, not let too much time pass. And the other thing is, uh, uh, also not really a major thing, is, is home working and how that's going to change work for people. Because we, we made a sudden shift into that, and I think everybody is going to reflect on the idea of, well, you know, do we have to have an office? Do we have to travel mm. to work? Do we... Can, you know we can do everything from home there are pros and cons to it it's not a straightforward thing of oh let's just change it all overnight because none of us chose this it was it was sort of imposed on us mm. but we have learned a lot from that where we must be thinking some people have said to me they don't really miss the daily commute mm. well okay let's let's do something with that because there's got to be all sorts of benefits from changing that both to say the environment and people's time and their work-life balance mm. and all of those things. And I think there are two camps on that as well. You know, I've heard people say, oh, but you need to be seeing people on a day to day. And yes, there is that kind of, again, that human element to it, but need from the point of view of, for example, if you're working for a company and you're trying to get boost sales, is that human contact meeting your clients face to face? Is that um, super beneficial? And I suppose, yes, 
it is. So there's, I've, there's that group of people, but then there's also the group of people who say, well, why would we go back to work in the office when we've been working comfortably from home and those systems are already in place? Mm. And like you say, there are benefits to the environment. Um, you have potentially more flexibility. You can potentially be more productive. Um, again, I'm sure there's arguments on both sides, mm. but have you personally enjoyed working from home? Um, yes, I suppose I have. Yes, uh, I'm lucky that I live on my own. I can I can have the place to myself, uh, and therefore it was it was relatively easy. I had done a little bit of working from home previously. Mm -hmm. um, I try and stay in touch with people as much as possible, and I I feel in some ways responsible for keeping the sense of a team spirit mm -hmm. of a group of, of people who are all connected um, and I think that's the thing that I'm never sure that that's still intact in the way that it would have been if we could all just get together and have a chat there's, there's nothing and I wouldn't I wouldn't choose working from home in, instead of that because I, I think even if it might not be my preference I'm pretty sure most people would prefer to be together in those ways and is that the kind of, can I ask, is that the kind of feedback that you've had from colleagues, for example, or do you feel like a lot of colleagues have appreciated working from home as well? Well, there is a, there is a mixture. So some people, uh, yeah, a, a large proportion of people have missed working uh, in an office, but some people have said that they feel like there are fewer distractions uh, and they feel a bit more focused, uh, uh, and, and I can understand that. Uh, there is a mixture. Some people are... Uh, not going to be rushing back to our office because of their genuine health concerns because mm -hmm. if they're older people mm -hmm. it's it's unwise and if they have underlying health conditions even though these these rules are all changing they would still feel like actually I'll, I'll carry on working from home mm -hmm. until you know there's a vaccine or, or we think this thing has gone away completely however that might be I hope you don't mind me asking as well, just because of the nature of what you do and because you're managing volunteers, do you feel like there's a difference between the voluntary staff and the paid staff as well, or do you think everyone's kind of on the same... I mean, you know, I used to you work used in to the organisation, yeah, yeah. and I felt like there was a very strong spirit and a strong community sense, but how do you feel that's changed, or do you think there is a difference between those different groups of staff during this period? Uh, there, there isn't a lot of difference in, in, in terms of... We've, we've had an amazing sort of work ethic from the volunteers that has really wanted to stick with this. And they felt that they wanted to do their bit to help everybody else during this. That's what's really kept them going. And that's been amazing to watch. Mm. It's been a real pleasure to be, to be connected to that. Um, but in, in the overall sense, there's not much difference between how the paid staff have responded and how the volunteers have. I mean, some volunteers couldn't, couldn't volunteer from home, and that's absolutely fine, whatever reason, or, or they just chose not to, that's, that's fine. As long as they feel like they're still part of our team, one day we'll all come back and, and see each other. That's, that's what we hope. Yeah, and I think, again, it's this, this thing where possibly some people, you know, in some cases it's made people feel closer together and in some cases it may have taken people in the other direction, but I guess we have to hope that in general it is kind of bringing people together um, when there's that structure there and we are kind of working together and things. Yeah, I think people like the idea of just being able to bounce ideas off each other, just have a quick chat about, about things in between what they're doing. It helps retain their confidence. And this, you know, this wasn't a choice. It's not like people looked at the job advert and it said working from home and they said, OK, yeah. this just suddenly happened overnight. Um, some of the paid staff have said, you know, they found it easier than they thought they would. 
which is which is interesting and that's probably because it was just new and they'd never tried it before um okay i think i will move on to the final question that i was going to ask you um and we'll see what direction that goes in because i've had very different responses to this as well and sometimes i've slightly adapted it depending on the person and their individual circumstances but the question was being that the basis was what takeaways have you had from this pandem pandemic as in lessons what have you learned what have you experienced what have you been thinking what have you been feeling the question was has there been any takeaway food that you've <laughs> particularly enjoyed or relied upon during this pandemic but equally if there's something that you were cooking or something some new meal that you introduced during this time that would be also interesting to hear oh um well the best takeaways for me are the Thai brasserie and the Yummy Noodle Bar, which are both next to each other, which have been wonderful. Uh, and they had to they had to stop for a little while, uh, but it was it was quite nice when they reappeared. Uh, so all power to them. Um, no, my my general sort of cooking and, and such like has been has been the same. Although I am developing a bit of a fondness for kimchi. Oh wow, really? Which you will remember from. Yeah, the, I love you? I love kimchi. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's I think it's a it's a marmite type thing. It's a sort of love hate. Thing. Oh really? But I just find I like it more and more. <laughs> so that's become a regular in your house. Yes, yes. Although it isn't easy to obtain, so I have to sort of buy it online and have it delivered. Why the kimchi? Uh, Was it? Was there any particular reason that you went for the kimchi? Did you see it one day and think, oh, I've never tried that? Or uh, I tried it probably a couple of years ago, and I think it was it was a tricky one because at first at first taste you think, what on earth is this? <laughs> and then yeah, it just it just it just works. It it it's an acquired taste, and I I, I stu stuck by it. I Are think. you eating it with other Korean foods, or do you just have it with anything? No, I just have it on its own. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's become quite. I think Korean food can be quite on trend. Uh, you see bits of kimchi and other things added to kind of fusion dishes in restaurants and things like this. I think it's yeah. become a bit like trendy, but that's good to hear. I do like kimchi, so oh, right. I'm on board with that. <laughs> but you're probably, it sounds like you're eating it more than I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I've, I've considered trying to make my own, but I think that's probably going a bit far. <laughs> yeah, I haven't ever tried that and I've heard it's quite difficult. Um, just one more question in terms of the eating component. Have you, are you someone who's, because a lot of people I've spoken to have kind of taken on more shop local type men mentalities and avoiding the super supermarkets just because they had to for a certain period anyway and couldn't find what they needed. Is that something that you've been doing more of or is that something you were doing anyway? A, a little bit. I think it's interesting. There was a, I, I didn't use my car for about three months and it, it just, sort of got covered in dust and that was usually to go to the supermarkets and places so you do find what is walking distance from your you know your own home and that that's a bit of an eye-opener uh, I, I tend to shop a bit like a sort of cat burglar I just go in first thing in the morning while there's no one there or last thing at night uh, I, I, that I haven't enjoyed yeah I, I, I found that was one of the more tense parts of the, the whole lockdown I still find that a little bit weird but in terms of trying to avoid people in the shops and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, and I've ended up I've ended up shopping sort of for the whole week, whereas before I would have gone in every day maybe and just bought a few things. I, I tend to buy, uh, you know, for a week uh, so I can reduce the amount of time to do it. And I maybe I shouldn't worry at this point about it, but it still feels a bit odd. Yeah. No, I'm also erring on the side of caution, and I've also yeah I've gone through a similar thing where I've 
not shopped as regularly and done more of like a weekly shop and other people I've spoken to have as well. Um, so I think it's quite, that's quite a common experience. Alan, thank you so much. That's a I really appreciate you speaking to me um, and giving me the time. So thank, well, thank you. you for asking me to do it. Thank you.